Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Welcome back. This is Blue Party. Here by Mungan S. St. Louis Ack. You're in Alton Toyota, 101 ESPN. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson with you. And it is our pleasure to welcome to the program friend of the show from MLB.com, John Denton. Morning, John. Hey, Tim. How are you? I am wonderful. I noticed that uh, when Jackson called you up, he tried to get you talking NBA. He tries to get everybody talking NBA. But you're an NBA guy, are you not? I am an NBA guy. I covered the NBA for 23 years and uh, loved every second of it. And, you know, it's uh, I, I think the Miami Heat are in the exact position that, that Eric Spolster wants to be. They're, they're the underdog. They're being overlooked. He's going to use every ounce of that. This is going to be a long series. Denver's a better team, but this is going to be a long series because that Miami team will fight you to the very end. Jackson is salivating right now as you say these words. I just want you to uh, to know that. Uh, so, what did you did you? That means you covered Shaquille O'Neal, then, right? Um, I covered him after he left uh, Orlando. I, I covered the Magic mainly for for the whole time. I missed Shaq. I had I started in '97, so I covered uh, Penny's last year in Orlando. But I got every time Shaq came back, every time he faced Dwight Howard. Uh, th- there's more drama in the NBA than there is in the seventh grade lunchroom. So it's, uh, you know, there's always people talking trash about one another. And there, there's alpha dog, alpha males fighting for other alpha males. So the NBA is always full of that, uh, you know, one-on-one uh, trash talk type drama. I have been in MLB clubhouses, probably more than any, I would suppose, NHL rooms and uh, NFL locker rooms as well. Probably, I guess, maybe a couple of NBA games uh, in my career. Have you covered all four of the uh, the major North American professional leagues? I've covered three of them. I've covered four Super Bowls. I've covered six NBA Finals. Uh, you know, I've covered baseball for a couple of years now. Never covered, uh, never covered hockey, but okay. I heard those guys are great to deal with. They're the, that's what I was about to say. Without, I, I can't imagine anybody who's covered all four would not yeah. say hockey guys are the best. So my question to you, now having not covered baseball, NFL, and NBA, uh, which one was the most difficult? Um, let's see. Um, football, football's tough because the quarterback only talks like one day a week. The quarterback, you know, he'll, he'll grace the media with his presence on a Wednesday and then you won't see him again until Sunday. Um, I didn't like football because it was basically six days of filler for one game. Yeah, you're right about that. I like, I like baseball that it's every day. I like basketball that it's every other day. Uh, I, I told people last season, the biggest difference between covering uh, baseball and and uh, NBA is I heard more country music and saw more pickup trucks in a month than I saw in 20 years of covering the NBA. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man, the NHL guys, I don't know what that's about. Uh, Kelly Chase told me this one time when I had him on my podcast. He has our, ga- our game has a way of rooting out a-holes at a young age, and I, there must be something to it, man, because I, I, I don't even know if I ever did cross a hockey player. I'm going, God, I don't want to have to deal with him today. They were just, they were just uh-huh. the absolute best. But I, the baseball is tough in the sense that I understand why the guys who, who are playing, and the manager for that matter, but the guys who are playing, I mean, it's 162 pregame, postgame, yeah. and then you also include spring training, and, you know, if you're fortunate enough, the postseason – and part of their psychology is it's a day-to-day thing. you got to have a short memory. 
and you can't really get all that worked up if you lose a game. And so it's it's a tough thing, whereas fans certainly can understandably overreact. The players themselves have to kind of compartmentalize it, so their reaction may not be as dramatic as the fans. Yeah, definitely. You know, those guys, once they go home at night, it's over. The The previous day is over, and they move on to the next one. Whereas in the NBA, you can – you can still you can kind of rehash because you play every other day and you can hype up the next game yeah. a little more. You know they're always in game mode in baseball, whereas uh, basketball players are a little more relaxed in between games and you can you can look back and you can look forward and that sort of thing a little more in basketball. But you know, hey, uh, we get to go to sports for sports events for a living, so we're we're stealing money. You better believe it, man. That is the uh, best perspective to have couldn't be any luckier uh, to do what we do. I was looking up the odds on the National League Central because I've been waiting to fire a big bullet on the Cardinals to win the National League Central. And even though ever since really uh, beating up on the Brewers and Dodgers going 5-2 and two on that homestand, and then struggling, relatively speaking, splitting with the Reds wasn't something I think that they were hoping to do, and then losing two of three to the Guardians and then splitting with the Royals. Somehow, the Cardinals' odds to win the National League Central have actually improved. Now they are, despite being tied for uh, last place, both five games back with the Cubs of the Brewers, the Cardinals are still only 2-1 to one on the money to win the National League Central. Point being, around baseball and around gambling, the thought is eventually the Cardinals are going to win the National League Central. But now we are in the month of June. They are still seven games below 500. Only two teams in the National League have fewer wins, and no team in the National League, minus the last place Colorado Rockies, have more losses. The Cardinals are still viewed as a stock to buy. You are covering this team. You've been covering this team since spring training. Do you still see that upside that it's going to get right, or are you at a point where you're going, man, maybe they kind of are who they are and fans are going to wind up dealing with a, a disappointing season yeah you know to early early in the season when this, when this team was 10 and 24 you're kind of thinking to yourself wow maybe they're not as good as we thought maybe they're just not that good you know uh, but but then you see what they did during that stretch i mean you go into wrigley win two out of three you sweep the red sox come home for that five and two homestand uh you know that that's impressive that shows the potential of this team that shows how good this team can be I, I think that series opened milwaukee's eyes to oh no we thought they were dead but man they're not dead at all uh, i think there was a little bit of realization in that series that the cardinals were the were the better team and will eventually track milwaukee down uh, we all know the cubs usually die about august the brewers usually die about august they, they run out of pitching meanwhile the cardinals just keep pushing and I really think that's going to happen again. You know, I, their pitching staff has actually improved. If you look at the last 10, 12 games, they're at the top of the National League. Uh, you know, take away those those last few games. Uh, they, they have an offense that can score runs. Uh, do I think they're a contender right now? No, but do I think they're going to win the division? Yes. Yeah, I, and that's the thing. If you say even money, you got to pick who wins the National League Central. I go, I'd go with the Cardinals. Uh, but then that gets into the pitching conversation. You've written about Miles Michaelis and and what he has done really going back about a month and a half ago, his third or fourth start into the season, that Thursday afternoon start against the Giants, and and how things have turned and how important it has been. But you've also seen some of the guys who were pitching at that time better, such as Jordan Montgomery, 
fall off. And then it gets into the question that that will you know follow the Cardinals until we get an answer, which is what will they do with that starting staff? So let's analyze the starting staff here as we enter the month of June and have this two-day break and what direction you think the Cardinals are going to go. Uh, I would gather you would think that they will make an acquisition at some point, but how are they going to handle things with that rotation until the time that they do make an acquisition or two to uh, bolster the rotation? I think Matthew Levator is going to get a, a two or three start runway to kind of prove what he can do. Uh, you know, he, he got the first start and pitched really well. And then, you know, it wasn't his fault, but he, he kind of got jerked around after that. You know, they, they, they used him in the bullpen some. Uh, didn't know whether he was going to make his next start, when or when he was going to do that. Um, but I think he's going to get a, a chance to prove that he belongs in this rotation. Hey. Steven Matz looked better the other day out of the bullpen. Yeah. He, uh, you know, Velo was up. He struck out four guys. He actually pitched inside and hit a couple of guys, which, you know, is not all not not all a bad thing because he was leaving the ball out over the plate in Cincinnati. He needs to stay in the bullpen and kind of rebuild his confidence because that day in Cincinnati, he seemed like a broken a broken man. You know, his confidence is gone. He he doesn't have control of his pitches. Uh, they they were they think also that Jordan Montgomery will bounce back. I mean, Jordan Montgomery's stuff is too good for him to keep struggling like this. You know he. He won his first two, then I think he lost six in a row, but but he actually pitched well in about five of those. He just didn't get any run support. They think that eventually that will correct itself and Montgomery will get back on track. And, and you know, Wayno keeps saying he's a lot closer than people people think, but, you know, Wayno sees everything through rosy red glasses. So, you know, it'll have to be a, a wait and see with him. And then Miles, what Miles has done the last two outings really is, is, is gutsy stuff because – his team really needed him these last two starts, and he's come through in a, in a good way. And I really believe what they're saying now about how the, the WBC really messed him up because he you know, he pitched so sporadically in the WBC. And then that those first three starts were almost like a second spring training for him. And he's been a different pitcher these last nine nine outings. Yeah, he has been on fire for the Cardinals. And you're right, man. They, they absolutely needed him to be with both of these last two starts, the one-day game against the Reds and then this second game against the Royals earlier this week. Final question for you, John, as John Denton is our guest here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Uh, Jordan Walker, and not just because of his recent performance, a home run last night, absolutely uh, crushed the ball last night for Memphis, but also the Cardinal circumstance in the outfield with both a combination of health and performance has gotten that conversation going uh, probably at peak level since he went down to Memphis in late April. What is your assessment of where Walker is? And then my follow-up to that would be your assessment of where the Cardinals' view of Walker's short-term plans to return to St. Louis are. Well, they they kind of knew this was going to happen. They, you know, Ali Marmol said all along. He said, "Look, don't view what he goes down there and does on a seven day sample, or don't view it on a ten day box score." Uh, you, you know, he kind of went through this dip, and he's coming back now. And you know that that sounds all well and good, but you know, I, I really I'm afraid they did some damage to this kid. Like I, I was talking to his father the other day, and he said, you know, it took a couple weeks for Jordan to to bounce back from this. It, it hit him hard being sent down to the minors. You know, nobody wants to go through that. And, you know, you're the number one prospect in baseball. You get called up and then you get sent down three or four weeks later. So that that really threw him for a loop. Uh, the, the kid is an undeniable talent. He's going to be great someday. He's going to be the Cardinals' right fielder for the next 10 years. Uh, he, they, he's just got to get over this uh, 
you know, get over this hurdle of being sent down. He's starting to hit the ball a lot better. I really think he'll be in St. Louis in the, within the next two weeks or so. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, a lot, a lot of it's going to depend on uh, Lars Newtbar, how, you know, his back, uh, Dylan Carlson, how quickly he can get back from this ankle thing. And then, you know, there's still the, the Tyler O'Neill monster sitting out there that nobody knows where that one's headed. But, I, I you know, I, Jordan Walker's talent is just too undeniable. Uh, his mindset is too undeniable. The kid is, is built for stardom. I think within the next two weeks, I think he's going to be in St. Louis. And I would imagine this. When he is called up, they are not sending him back down again, period. In other words, that's one of the things that they're having to make sure that they're cool with, that they know that they cannot send him back down again. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can do that. You can send a guy up and down if you're Taylor Motter or if you're, you know, a third catcher or something like that. But you can't do that with a six six, two hundred forty five pound guy who's the number one prospect in baseball. And you know, I, I I know the Cardinals' intentions were good, but I still doubt that one. I still don't think it was the right move. I think that kid belongs at this level. He proved that he belonged at this level. Uh, yes, he, they're working on some minor swing changes. But he still hit a ball on the ground 114.7 miles an hour the other day. There's nothing bad about that at all. And I know they want him to maximize his potential, but I I still say, and I've said all along, that when they sent him down, that was more about Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, Alec Burleson, and Lars Newbar than it was about Jordan Walker. And now other three to wake up. Well, so let's let's kind of do an autopsy on what has transpired with those guys since, because we've certainly talked about Walker's numbers since going down to Memphis. I, I realize it's it's got some asterisk nest to it because of health, but how would you analyze how it's worked out for the Cardinals giving those guys the stage and, and taking Walker down I-55 and out of the picture? Well, you know, John Mazelik said the other day one of the biggest abilities is availability, and, you know, Tyler O'Neill still not available. So you, you kind of you know have to wonder if he, if he's getting checked off the list. Uh, Dylan Carlson was had a good run going. He is absolutely their best defensive center fielder, but he got hurt again, you know. So he needs to come back. He needs to get back as soon as possible and get back to the level he was playing at. Uh, I think Lars Newbar has proven that he's an everyday major league player, a guy they can count on. Uh, you know, Alec Burleson's a good bat. He makes great contact, great hand-eye coordination, but. I think I see him more in the, in the role of the, being a fourth outfielder. Yeah, that is uh, something to keep an eye on here, not just for the impact it will have on the Cardinals offensively and in that outfield specifically, but how it will look over the next 60 days and what the Cardinals may decide to do when it comes to the trade deadline and acquiring a starting pitcher and what guy may have value with a number of pitchers who are on the market in the free agency calendar of 2023-2024 being potentially available at that deadline. John Denton, every Thursday here on Balloon Party. John, always enjoy the conversation, man. Thank you so much for your time. All right, Tim. Take care. Have a good show. Thank you, John. That's John Denton with us here. MLB.com. Miss anything? Go back and podcast Dobbs Tire and Auto Center's podcast this Saturday, Jackson. The Fast Lane and the Rizzuto Show from 105.7 The Point are squaring off once again in a softball home run derby hosted by the O'Fallon Hoots. Join us this Saturday, June 3rd at Car Shield Field in O'Fallon, Missouri for the Fast Lane versus the Rizzuto Show. Home run derby brought to you by Swiss Air Heating and Cooling and Complete Auto Body and Repair. There will be a fast pitch MLB alumni home run derby later that night featuring Andre Jones, Mike Matheny, Scott Spezio, and Bo Hart. General admission tickets on sale now for just $15. Get all the details on this year's O'Fallon Hoots home run derby at 101ESPN.com. All right, on the other side of our commercial break, 
the transcript from Rob Manfred under oath yesterday regarding a private meeting with him and the head of Sinclair on MLB television that you will think is a scene from a Scorsese film. It's next. Balloon Party 101 ESPN.